when you when you sit back and look at some of these things you know it does it makes such sense it's amazing how we overcomplicate things and this is the important thing that i pray that humanity will stop hurting animals the way they are doing for having the consciousness that they are one too and when we begin respecting this the earth will come back to balance when you see children interacting with animals there's no fear, there's just pure understanding and they have that beautiful communication that they don't need human language for in any shape or form. You have to look like this to be beautiful. You have to look like this that is beautiful. And they want to be like that so much, but they're not honoring what their true beauty it is. And it's just themselves. And this is the thing that animals don't do, mm. hurt themselves. And when we begin walking a path that inspires us, that gives us personal freedom to enjoy, to love, instead of that moment of depression and destruction. I have the biggest smile on my face today because I am really, really from the heart delighted to introduce a very special new guest to the Live, Love, Learn podcast today, Don Jose Ruiz. Now, we are going to be talking about one of my favourite, favourite subjects, which is animals and what they can teach us. Um, but before we delve into getting to know Jose a bit better, let me introduce him to you all. So Jose was born and raised in Mexico. When he was 21, he moved to live in the US with his father, Don Miguel Ruiz. From a very young age, Don Jose was guided by many teachers present in his life, including his mother and father, his grandmother, Sarita, and several other Nagarals. Through masterful guidance by his teachers and amazing life experiences with precision and synchronicity, Jose came to silent knowledge. He witnessed the world as it is without any story. In his early twenties, John Jose lost his eyesight and in this process of surrendering, he learned the value of learning to listen to his inner wisdom and integrity, to see different perspectives whilst knowing nothing is personal. He had a renewed love and gratitude for life. He found acceptance, happiness and abundance. He grasped a true understanding of faith, love, gratitude and humility. Through his surrender and faith, in conjunction with modern medicine, Jose recovered his eyesight. Like his amazing father, who we all know, combining new insights with ancient wisdom, Don Jose Ruiz is dedicating his life to sharing the ancient Toltec wisdom by translating it into practical everyday life concepts that promote transformation through truth, love and common sense. Don Jose teaches and lectures, holds power journeys to the pyramids, workshops and is an amazing author of several books including some that I have here, The Wisdom of the Shamans, the book that we're going to be discussing today, Shamanic Power Animals, and one of my favourite books of all time that you co-authored with your father, The Fifth Agreement. So a really big welcome today, Jose. How are you doing? Oh, very good, Catherine. Very happy to be here with you this afternoon. Oh, it's just amazing. And we've been joined by your dog, by two of my dogs, by one of my cats, because they really want to listen into this really important conversation. And my listeners are really on a journey. Um, they're on a journey to understand, most importantly, themselves, but also the world that we're living in and how we fit into that. And this is why I think your work, I've been following you for a long, long while now, um, all your links will be below, of course, as always. But one of, one of the things I really love about your journey and the, the years that I've been following you is how you share such honesty and truth in your journey about the ups and downs in your life and most importantly, the lessons you've learned. I mean, this fits into being a shaman, but can you explain to the listeners, what's, how do you describe what it means to be a shaman, in particular a Toltec shaman? I just wanted to say that today's episode is sponsored by ASEA redox signaling molecules. Now, it comes in two forms, the liquid and the gel, plus there's a huge other product range for us. Um, but why did I start taking ASEA and why is it now an integral part 
of something that my whole family, both four-legged and two-legged, take every single day, plus also something that all the clients I work with, again, four-legged and two-legged, it's number one on my priority list. Well, part of what I do, what I'm passionate about, is understanding the challenges that are affecting each and every one of us in today's modern living. Um, the more you know, the more sometimes you wish you didn't know, but the pollution in the air in the water, in the food, um, the control of our minds, the propaganda. But one of the things that we can do is take back responsibility for our own health. Now, every single cell of our body, whether we're an animal, whether we're one of the dogs in the backgrounds or one of my plants, contain these redox signaling molecules. And cellular health and cellular communication is absolutely key, whether you want to get your body back in balance whether you want to reverse the aging process, whether you want to address any particular challenges that you've got physically, emotionally, it all starts with healthy cells. If your liver cells are healthy, your liver's healthy. If your brain cells are healthy, your brain's healthy. But just like a mobile phone, most of us have got mobile phones that we we use on a routine basis now, but that mobile phone, regardless of whether you've got the latest model, is completely useless without a signal. So what does this technology do? Um, the, the gel is something that you can apply topically over particular areas of concern, whether you want your skin to look better, whether you've got cellulite, whether you've got an area that's causing you a challenge. The liquid is something you drink each and every day to top up what should be in your cells anyway, but when our bodies are stressed, diseased, challenged, or as we age, we make less of them. So personally, I wouldn't be without a tip. My sleep's better, my energy levels are better, my mood's better, my mobility's better. If you wanna find out more, the details are below, but I'm so grateful that this came into my life and I'm so grateful I can share it with others. I hope you love it as much as I do, let me know. Well, uh, in the tradition, it is to serve nature, but you cannot serve nature if you cannot serve the nature within you. One cannot give what doesn't have. So many people who don't work within, they start working outside, memorizing things, but it's not built on a strong foundation because the power of belief is not in within, it's in the outside. And uh, especially to have witnesses, he wants to have witnesses to, you know, to make sure and validate that their transformation is real. When you begin working on your inner journey, you care less for validation from the outside. You just care to be free. You want to be a person of freedom. You wanna get all the cement from the earth, break it, and sometimes it feels so pressure, but it breaks through. And how it breaks through in the tradition where I come from is the power of honesty. Because honesty, it is when you rebuild yourself how you are. And if one plays with guilt and shame, you're powerless, you're a prey to the manipulators, to the abusers of words from the outside. That's why it's important to have the power of honesty, to accept yourself just the way you are. So when you accept yourself the way you are, then you know what you're going to unlearn. But if you don't you know what you're accepting, then what do you know that you're going to unlearn? And by the way, in a Toltec tradition, there's nothing to learn but to unlearn what takes our inspiration away because the word Toltec means artist of the spirit. I, I mean, there's so much to unpack there. In in today's world, there's so much judgment being thrown on people. Um, so that inner strength and doing the work really comes into play. I mean, obviously, in the amazing fifth agreements that I think um, I've done a book club on this with my audience. But this journey is so powerful because we need more than ever, I think, in this current time, that strength to let those outside opinions of others bounce off us and have the courage to follow our own journey. I mean, it's such a hard thing for people to do, isn't it? How, how can they start on this journey? Well, the first thing that helped me is to be impeccable with my word in my father's teachings. And because let's say the, the world, the dream of the planet, as we call it in the Toltec world, is the dream of humanity and is based on words. And they know and they feel that the words are more real than nature. But words are just a tool to describe nature. So we make false idols. And it's not a, about religious gods or anything. It's about the words. You, we corrupt the words so much that we use it against each other, against one another. 
And this is why the world wants to be validated, but they don't validate themselves. So they begin wearing a mask. And the wearing a mask is underneath the mask is full of wounds. So people take it personal everywhere and they begin attacking each other. And um, that's why the four agreements are very important in the process of the Toltec, because when you're impeccable with your word, you mean what you say, you're honest with yourself. When you don't take things personal, you know that what people do outside of you, what they say outside of you has nothing to do with you. And the third agreement, do not make assumptions, is very powerful because you're not assuming what they're doing or what they do. No, you go and ask questions because nobody knows what's happening in somebody else's mind or world. And when we begin having that communication, we have clarity without imposing our belief system, but just listening. And after we listen, we can translate what people are saying. Because sometimes people are so angry. And if we judge them, it just buries them even deeper in their own victimization. But when we begin noticing when they're complaining, when they're angry, they're asking for help. And they might not even know they're asking for help. But something, it is uncomfortable. And I can say this because that's within me. That's why the FIFA agreement is very powerful in our individual journey, because it's skeptical, not what people are saying, not about other people, it's skeptical of our own belief system, of our own judgment, of our own cruelty, our own sabotage, and our own guilt and shame. And when we begin noticing these are just words, and these words are going to be alive even after we're not alive anymore physically. And if we know this is just an illusion, we begin unlearning unlearning and see the dream of people dreaming, fighting each other. But, you know, it comes a moment of respect, of levels of awareness. If we begin judging the people without awareness, you know, we will create another patriarchy, another, you know, suppression that we're better than something else. But the reality is that the world's addicted to suffering. And when we begin to understand that the world's addicted to suffering, how can we take it personal? And this is when uh, I, I pick on different traditions. And in this one, topic I pick, forgive them, they do not what, know what they do. And this is exactly what the world is going. They're not knowing how to control their emotions. Like in the Totec tradition, we know how to control the weather, but not the weather outside of us, the inner weather. And that's our nature that I was speaking before. When you begin noticing your own nature, you begin taking care of the love of your life that is yourself. Now you're preparing yourself to take care of the love of your life in the world where everybody is dreaming their own dream. And sadly, is the dream of the, the addiction of suffering, of victimization and injustice. And this injustice has been going for a long time. So when we begin raising up with our conscious awareness, we know that we're just life passing by. We're not gonna be here for eternity. So in this moment, this is why many people who had that experience or have a you know a accident or something and happen and epiphany that they wake up saying, hey, I have, I have the rest of my life to live it. I can let things go. But the ones that they hurt in life, when they were not transforming, they still see that person as the character they were 20 years ago. And exactly. they use them to hurt themselves with. So when we begin having awareness, we become shapeless. And when I mean shapeless, I mean that we don't believe that the character I or Jose or things, it's just a life that was domesticated, doing our best. So we break down the program that was imposed on us and we take the good things in our heart and the things that hurt us, we remove them. But then we begin recreating our life. And this is why the shaman begins having another opportunity to live life. Because now that it served nature within, now it can serve the nature outside. And anyone who's speaking in their own belief system, language, and when I mean language, I don't mean English or Spanish. I mean how they believe in their words. So once you know how they live in the world, you can translate a little piece of your heart into that language without imposing your words, the words that you know we brought up with, but understanding their words and it's the dream of compassion. So when we begin having compassion with ourselves, we begin having compassion with uh, with the world. Yeah, it's so true. And I think I can really see how this links into the power animals and understanding nature. But why do you think so many humans have got so disconnected from nature at this time? And how it's just that... a program. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. Can you explain the program to people and how you see the program and the domestication of humans? Well, humanity is a very powerful um, animal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's what we call the shape shifters because it's the artists that get inspired. Let's say the humans are walking 
they see a pack of birds flying and they begin copying, mimicking what they do, how they hunt, how they fly, and they begin making machines. And now they fly, you know, it's even amazing. They can even fly in space now. And, uh, and it goes on and on and on. So when we begin noticing that we're shape shifters in life, we're getting inspired with everything that is around us to make life a better place. But the program it is, if we're addicted to suffering, we say love will come later. We get married, love will come later. No, no worry about it, you know, but it's not our, our will. So in our program of our generations, people are, you know, subject to marry each other even if they don't know each other from teenagers already arranging the marriage or that's a way of a program another program it is you do what your family does for centuries you know and it, it, it it's it's different things and the thing it is the the lie is that in order to be happy you have to get all the riches you have to be known you have to be famous you have to do all of these things and it is just a lie because most of the people that you know they go into fame, they, they get more, more heartbreaks because it's a world of fake. Now we're living in a world where social media it is, where everybody can be a superstar, but they're getting trapped in a device and the device is just an illusion box. So now let's say that in life, whatever we're told that we're not happy, where we get, we're just getting used to it, you know, we're trapped in a box. So one thing that I discovered just witnessing my puppy uh, my puppy, it, it is just a dog. If I take away from him being a dog, then he will begin being suppressed and depressed that he couldn't smell all these smells that he wants to smell on his walk, even though it's kind of growth. But in their nature, that's their program to, to sniff. And and once I took him away and he was, oh, like he, he, he felt, I felt his pain actually. And then I begin saying to myself, you know, we're taking away what we humans are meant to do, to love whoever we want to love, to be whatever we want to be, to express ourselves however we want to express, to follow our own heart. And in our programming, it says that we cannot do that. We have to do certain things to be happy, learn someone else's process, to process our own life. And this is where the corruption of spirituality goes against each other because they're fighting who's right, but no one sees in their within. So when you go with your within, you know what you need. Yeah. And you give it to yourself. And it is honesty. But we can go to a temple and be there for 25 years following someone else's dream, but not having the option to follow our own. And in my life, I after all things I have gone through, I just say from the rest of my 30 years, I'm going to be just like a puppy who's going to sniff wherever I want to sniff. I'm going to waggle my tail wherever I'm going to bark. I'm just going to be a human. And being the human that allows me to create, that means that I'm following inspiration. Now, this is the tricky part when people lose inspiration. It's because they sacrifice over guilt and shame their inspiration for the opinions that they hear in the outside. Let's say that someone, it is just open heart, but if they get a bad comment in social media, will they sacrifice their whole career just because one person said something and other people follow it? No, that's someone else's world. And this is when the last judgment really comes to place. When we don't judge ourselves anymore in life. We know what it is. We know that it's an illusion. We know that that keeps humanity trapped in a box. But that's where we're coming out of to free the animal that we are. And freeing the animal, the human, it is part of mother nature. So no matter if you're male or female, you have the embodiment of mother nature inside of you. And that is the ultimate awakening of the shaman. Why? Because it gets them close to the divine mother. And if you notice in many traditions, there's always the young male with the mother. Yeah. Always as a significant that no matter what we are, we always have to embrace the planet. And right now, all this chaos is happening around the planet. Why? Let's say that we have a bunch of uh, bed bugs in our, in, 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 or, or fleas in our body. What are we going to do if we're the planet? We're gonna start taking away. And can you imagine the bed bugs and the flies? How, how cruel the mother is. No, we are the cruel ones. And before we hurt the planet, we begin hurting the animals, the trees, because we hurt ourselves. And this is the big numbing of the world. We're still barbarians in this life, but right now I see a whole change happening. Mm. That's why the, 
the world seems like in chaos, you know, everybody is ready to, to go war inside and outside because they seen a change happening and the change is in the youth. Now the old dream is surviving mode, but this is not the beginning. This is not the first time that's ever happened in lifetime. When we tap into nature, we know that this is just like the fly and the spider world. Sometimes it's peaceful and sometimes it's chaotic. But the important thing is to keep our center knowing that we're here on vacation. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, we, we can sometimes really romanticize nature, but nature can be a very cruel place. I mean, I've never, you know, my journey where I am now, and I'd love your opinion on it. I, I can't understand why we live in a world where animals eat each other. It just is a really difficult concept for me to grasp because you look at nature and you can see every animal has got such beauty and such a role. But then equally, I look and I think, well, I wouldn't want to be a rabbit because <laughs> rabbits surrounded <laughs> by so many predators. You know, they look gorgeous to us and we can see the cuteness. But my goodness, they have a stressful life at times, although that's my human emotion. So what? why do you think nature is set up like this, that there is um uh, this cruelness in some respect is the you, the words i'm using which might not be right of where you know animals they do eat each other it can be a harsh play yes because animals from my point of view uh animals humans included the trees and nature all, all are organism and yeah. all that organism they're containers of energy and for this world to continue expanding and growing it is passing energy from energy. So many people are afraid to die, but honestly, we don't die. Mm. Energy cannot be destroyed. So our energy becomes part of, of nature. Just like when we eat uh, salads, uh, the salads, the life, the plant stay in us for four days, I believe. Yeah. Like for four days because it begins now evolving inside of us. And it's the same thing. It's the energy, it's the, the afraid of dying, the afraid of being that we begin um, seeing this because we want to get attached, we want to stay, but at the same time, we can totally see how animals are, like you're saying, and, and in this moment, it's just their nature. So we begin protecting, we have our fear that is not the irrational fear that we're making up you know, in our head, but it's the fear that is natural that the body is talking to us to be careful, yeah. it's warning us. And in that moment, the body is so amazing that it can commute. So if we begin having meditation or we started to have space in our own within, we can disconnect from the modern life where everything going so fast and reconnect to our nature. And this is something that we all have our gut feeling, our intuition that's been suppressed. But if we awaken that sense, we begin taking care of us. Even if there's a bad person who might come and disrupt our family, our workplace or something, our energy can say right away, oh, this person is not is not good for here. I don't know this person, but their energy seems a little off. But if one has, you know, okay, let's give them a, let's, let's ignore that. They come and all this chaos happening. And this is what's happening in the world. It's not only abuse like the animals of the eat each other, but it's also the abuse in humanity of the verbal word, that the corruption. Now in all that, the, they, we do that to the animals and the karma comes back to us and people are in denial, you know, even for the global warming, if we begin protecting animals, not eating, you know, certain, you know, animals, yeah. the, it, 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 it will be cleared. But the world is so attached to a way of living that it cannot let go of it because they are afraid of the unknown. Mm. And the animals always are living in the unknown. They never know when it's going to be the last day, but they're in survival mode. So we human, we're also in survival mode. That's why I say a prayer may life protect me from myself. Let me not eat myself, you know? Yes. <laughs> because this is what humans are doing. Yeah. And when one eats itself, it's like a cancer, a belief system. But you know, when we see nature being, it's just nature. It's the way of being. There will be earthquakes, there'll be cataclysms. We think that we're so big as humans, but if we see a little ant, you know, there's also big things of life above us. Completely, completely. 
in today's world, how important do you think the art of storytelling is and has it got a place? Well, it's always very important, especially in today's age, because the art of storytelling in, in my tradition where I grew up is when you teach, is when you share. You don't tell a kid, you should do this, you should do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But with a story, it opens up an imagination. And with that imagination, people find themselves as a character in that story. And especially when we tell the story of our life. When I tell the story of my life, it's not real anymore how it used to be when it was real. So I'm telling it from a different point of view. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about seeing our own story, it is the journey that have we become. And when we become more adult, more later, more mature, we begin understanding why we did this and what was the reaction of what happened when we did that. So we can totally take responsibility of our life. And, and the important thing is to not make ourselves into the victim kind of mentality that complains all the time and that complaining corrupts everybody. And then everybody, it is inside a bucket saying to the other crabs, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? It comes a moment when we totally have to embrace the love of our life. And this is us and it's beyond words. It's a feeling. And when we touch that feeling, you know, it's, we wake up and, and we go back to our everyday life, to our automatic habits, and, and, and we once begin saying, oh, I can't go back to sleep. I have this consciousness. I don't belong here anymore. This is boring now. I, I don't like to react this way. And then we begin to change. We begin to let go because we have the epiphany of the rattlesnake. And the rattlesnake, it is shedding its skin all the time. Uh, and could you imagine that we are a, a rattlesnake collecting all our dead skins? And then when somebody brings a freshly new wound, we said, I had that wound, wound number 45, you know, yeah. always something happening to me, always complaining, you know, <laughs> the world's so cruel around me. And and I don't, and I'm innocent, you know. <laughs> I know, it's just, I, it's just absolutely brilliant, isn't it? I think, you know, when you explain it like that, when people can step back and almost step outside of themselves and look at it like this, you know, storytelling is so, so important because it it takes that personalization away from it, really. You can just have put the emotions that you choose to put into it, which brings me on to I I love this book so much. You can see how well used it is and everything. I I absolutely love it. And the whole family sort of use this. Why was this such an important book for you to write? Because there's a lot of superstition, I believe, growing up in about animals. People say, oh, the jaguar came to me or the eagle came to me or whatever came to me. But they don't come. You know, the jaguar never came to me. The eagle never came to me. You know, I had a dream using the image of the jaguar or the eagle to make my life better as a story. I gave myself a story that I believe. But in that moment, I am the animal, too. And that's why earlier I said, I am the human that is a shape shifter. Yeah. And also the human is in that book describing itself as an animal that it can imitate any animal on earth. And we can do it. We've been doing it for a long time, you know, from penguins to, to ducks <laughs> to ants. And little ants is the inspiration of creating the pyramids in, in, in the Americas because the ants create this beautiful mountain shaped like a pyramid, but underneath there are all these chambers and the humans in that era, you know, they discovered that and begin doing that as well. And the storytelling, that is where the magic and traditions and go, go forward. But the sad part about the storytelling sometimes is that people don't take it as a metaphor, don't take it as a lesson. They think that it's a story, you know, somebody opened the seven seas and somebody walking, you know, it was a human that made it rain and you know, there's humans making material rings with their hands, you know, and that is just magic tricks to get the non-believer mind to give them a trick, just like in the cartoon, they gave a magic feather to the elephant Dumbo. Yeah. So it can believe that it could fly, but, but it was never the magic feather. It was. So yeah. the animal to important to make the animal book is to see everybody's full potential, you know? everybody's full potential like people say that the aliens created the pyramids you know and they like to believe that but they they suppress how powerful the, the human mind it is 
and the human is that it can make those pyramids themselves. But once we get the awareness that, okay, now what, what are we going to shapeshift? What are we going to use? It's not the animals anymore that one begins respecting the animals as another living being, just like we are. And there's a subliminal message in that book that it's more with energy that, you know, that every animal has a special talent. And with a special talent, why should humans rob those animals from their life, from their art to create in life? And this is the important thing that I pray that humanity will stop hurting animals the way they are doing for having the consciousness that they are one too. And this is the most beautiful thing that we can live in harmony with nature. And when we begin respecting this, the earth will come back to balance. But if we do not balance that, you know, the earth will survive, you know, and yeah. we'll become another humanity passing by. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's not the planet that won't survive. It might be our species. And, you know, we've had enough warnings, haven't we? So the learning from the animals is something I'm so, so passionate about. I mean, I'm lucky enough to share my life with a lot of animals, some that actually live with me and some that are in the nature around me. Um, what are some of your messages? For anyone watching this today, how would you encourage them? For the people that haven't really explored their relationship with animals and what these beautiful beings can teach us, where would you like people to start? Well, the most beautiful thing is to look into animals' eyes. Yeah. And to see them with their families. They may not be speaking like we do. There's no couch or television or dining table. Mm. <laughs> but they have nature what supports them. They go into rivers, under trees, even flying. You can see love there. And the most beautiful thing is that those animals reflect that love to us. Mm. Like one of the most beautiful things in life that I've ever seen was the eyes of my dogs, of all my three dogs that I've had in my life. And when one passes, the other one comes up and it may seem like a different dog, but when I look into those eyes, it's the same kind of soul that it was. And this is where I'm coming from. When we begin looking into the animal's eyes, we begin having the awareness that all living beings in this planet are the same soul because it's the soul of Mother Earth. It's the same energy. That's why we feel so connected to some places because a part of our energy has been there because it's just been evolving and growing and growing. So I invite people to look into little animals' eyes. Even the most ferocious animals like the lion or the polar bear, when they're with their families, they're just like the cutest little yeah. things. And, 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 and the most important thing that I found out too, when Mama Jaguar is protecting its cubs, it goes from being like a little cute goddess, you know, into ferocious teeth showing. And that, that gives me the permission to wherever I, my body does that, it's okay. There are certain things, you know, that if someone's going to hurt my puppy or family, I feel a little, but it's okay. I don't judge it for feeling. But yet again, I'm controlling my energy. But this is the important thing of even that is normal. Yeah. I was walking, coming back in the rain with a walk with my lovely dogs today. And we've got, um, my neighbours have got a great big pond. And there's a family of Canadian geese that come back to, to breed every year. And it's the most adorable thing ever because you're seeing them from eggs to growing and changing their plumage. And when they cross the road from one pond to another, you've got mummy goose at the front and then all the babies and then daddy goose at the back. And 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 it's just no one could experience that and not realise how connected we are. You know, that the love that they share for their young, for each other, is no different from what we do. And I think this is why um, it can be so sad for people that are living in ways that are so disconnected from nature, I can understand how they lose that understanding because they're not exposed to it. But actually, you know, when you see children interacting with animals, there's no fear, there's just pure understanding and they have that beautiful communication that they don't need human language for in any shape or form. Yes, and, and it's that love. Yeah. It's that big love. And, and some people who have, you know, been hurt in life, abuse in life they're running away from love yes that, 
I've, I've even um, know about people who have, you know, run away from love and begin numbing by doing crime, by hurting people, and they end up in prison. And then they have a program in prison when they bring puppies yes. and dogs. And, and that love from those dogs begins healing, uh, having the consciousness of those prisoners opening their eyes, knowing that they can escape the real prison that is being self-abused, holding it, being non-hurting others in that moment. They take that anger away, that wanting to hurt somebody else and the love of the puppy begins returning them back home. It, it, it's such a powerful, it's such a powerful connection with the animals when you allow yourself to have. Because if people say that they have an encounter with God, I would say the closest encounter with God that I've ever had is with animals. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's such an amazing point. Um, we talk about being in the present moment and anyone who's on a spiritual journey talks about being present. You know, there is only today, but it can be quite a cliche for people because the human mind is so prone to live in the past or in the future. And and we talk about how animals really do live in the present moment. And I think some people get confused because obviously if you've got an animal that suffered past abuse, like some of mine have, they remember it, but they're not holding on and reliving it every moment of every day. Can you talk to that a bit, Jose, and about how we can learn more from the animals about being right here, right now? Yes, uh, it, it, it's when we see an animal that has been abused, it's because it has trauma. Mm. And the body is reacting more than the mind. It has trauma. And I've been an animal that's been abused. So even now that I work with myself, I'm not very well. If I pass certain situations that's, that's similar to those encounters, even though I know nothing's happening, my body begins having fear. That in that moment, I have to use the power of my will and thought to calm down my body saying, it's okay. But I live with that trauma. Mm. But it's something that I embrace. And, um, and it's exactly like with those little animals. And the little animals, they remember not thinking like we humans do, but with smells. They yeah. begin remembering the smells and the action reactions. And if we were aware in our life about action reactions, we will never be in an island of safety, in a pain that we're used to, just living there afraid of the unknown and just staying in a dream. No, we will remove ourselves from that space and go forward to a new dream. And that's what some animals do too. When they know that their land is invaded, they begin looking for a new journey. And that's what the ancestors did as well. When their land was invaded by other tribes, they begin escaping because they feel the trauma. So they begin looking for a new life. And when we get this gift from these animals and we are aware that we are an animal as well and we have the trauma, we have all this you know, unhappy life then it's time to let it go. And what I mean is not about letting the physical body go. No, I mean thinking, taking the physical body, our little puppy to a new dream where it's not abuse, taking it to safety. And you can totally feel sometimes like your body is like a puppy, like a little animal that is talking to you, not in words, but through emotions. And through those emotions, this is when the shamanic tradition makes a ceremony called walk on fire. They put charcoal and, and they walk through it. And if they stop, they begin burning. But the important thing about the ceremony is the walking fire of life. And the, the, the flames, the heat is our emotions, our wounds. So we walk about them. If we stop, we will start burning feet. But if we go forward, we leave that dream go. And this is the important thing, how many of us humans have different ways to deal with certain things. And it's okay because we're all working together to end the addiction of suffering in our own individual life. So when we work on our own individual life, we begin now as a tribe living together. Why? Because everybody will bring the better version of themselves into this beautiful planet from that point of view. But the ones who are afraid, they don't dare to, to feel that love because they have wounds. That's why animals are such a beautiful beings because they can help one another. They can help one another. And it's, it's, a, it's a relationship of gratitude and, and generosity, like my father loves to say. Yeah, and when you see animals communicating together, like I've got horses and dogs and guinea pigs and rabbits and cats, and 
when you see them, how honestly they communicate with each other. So from a human perspective, you might see a herd of horses and it can look quite rough the way they communicate with each other, but they don't take offense at all because they know like the younger cheeky males know when they're pushing their luck and then the older females will let them go so far and then tell them off. But there's no sulking involved with animals. They don't hold on to that, do they? They accept the honest feedback and move on. Yes, yes. They're, they're very, it's very in their nature yeah. to, to, to go forward and to, and to domesticate each other like that. Because in that way, they're training in their own language. They're training like that. Like us humans, if we see all the different kind of humans from different parts of planets, how we speak the language. Some people have a tone, like almost shouting. Mm. But it's their vocabulary. It's a way of, of talking that no one takes it personal. But if there's not that way of shouting in another part of the world, someone raises the boy like that, they right away, their defense mechanism goes, but this is the way that we are used to living. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think humans' role on the planet is at this time? Well, the first thing, the first important role is to enjoy this life that was given to us. Mm. That's the most important role. And then when we give ourselves that beautiful and we begin enjoying our life, mm -hmm. then we begin taking care of our tribe, of, our, of each other. And that's the important role to take care of the planet, to go into the infinite that's in our within our imagination or experiences and create art and create new things new paths uh, you know music or whatever it's inspiring us and to give it to the world because that is, is our real offering what we're going to leave behind when we are not longer here physically like our grandparents or great-grandparents or great-grandparents are not here anymore or some are but uh, but mm. mine they're not here anymore but they give certain things to me passing the tradition and I, I keep that and 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 I make me my heart open up and I believe that when we begin enjoying our life every moment of it even the difficult moments finding a place where we can calm the the monkey brain that is just, oh, yeah. judging judging if we have a, a a way a concept to calm that down we're not contributing to the to, to the world, just like the beginners who started meditating, who started finding consciousness did. And we don't know who they are, you know, but the act of it is still is. So in order for them to do that, they had to enjoy their life and overcome the difficult moments, the hard moments. And this is the thing that is happening. I see in humanity right now, people are waking up from a suppression way of living life. And the one who took over all the other traditions, religions, and made one big religion, and it was the patriarchy who suppressed everything. But even in that world, there was corruption, because there was great people in that world, you know, but where there's also power, corruption is going to come, where there's great delicious fruit, the mold is going to come, the fungus is going to come. So always noticing that we're going forward and not backwards. This is when my grandmother said to, to us, if I catch you in my family copying what I do, you're killing the Totec tradition and we scratch our heads, you know? I thought, you know, and if I catch you doing what your father did and is doing, you're killing the Totec tradition. I'm like, we're scratching our heads, you know? And said, so how do we keep the Totec tradition alive? By overcoming all the obstacles and hard things in your life and finding a new way because the dream's always changing. So every new generation find its own way to overcome the negativity, the lies, the addiction of suffering, because we're growing and making a balance with it. And this is the beautiful thing when I say to, to people who want to escape, oh, the, the hummingbird or the jaguar came to me and, or things like that. But in, the, in that moment, I have to say, honestly, when you begin no longer corrupting spirituality and the animals, we get more focus in our within. Now we say the jaguar and the hummingbird inspire me yeah. to do things. Like if a hummingbird collects nectar, that inspires me as a human to collect the nectar of knowledge and wisdom that will open my heart. Instead of going to the gossip, to the entertainment gossip, to the, the news gossip, the hate, the, you know, where we're getting yeah. our feet upon our energy. So in that moment, we begin using the instruments of life, including our physical body, to describe what we have inside. And this is when we begin 
like they say in the tradition, we're letting all the butterflies fly freely. Wherever, whenever they fly freely, it's no longer ours. They're free. And that's exactly how we live our life, how the art, because the way that we love animals will inspire somebody saying, do you love animals? Like I don't have children of my own, but yeah. I call my puppy my child. Yeah. And I say your child. And I go, yes, he's my child. And when they look our interactions, how we just feel safe, how we, they said, yeah, it is truthy. Totally. Oh, completely, completely. My whole family, we don't differentiate between children when they've got two or four legs <laughs> at all. Yeah. So, um, so for people that are, one of the things I love most about this book, The Shamanic Power Animals, is the practical tools and techniques you've got in there. So how would you explain to someone what a power animal is and how it can be significant in helping them on their journey? Uh, first of all, is to see the pick an animal and see what they do, see their strength, and then write in a journal. What does the animal has taught me? Just watching it, observing it. What have I learned from seeing this animal in my personal life? Mm. What do I hang on? Where this animal doesn't hang on to things? And then after doing some process there, then writing a letter of gratitude like a prayer of the animal. Thank you for showing me this. Thank you for showing me, but at the end, it's not the animal really. It's the human that opened his mind, his heart, his compassion to look itself in the mirror to deliver that thing. And then now we can say the animals are already powerful. The ones who lost power was us humans. And we're getting true power, not the fake power that people say it is. Fame, fortune, all that, no. The true power is when you accept this embodiment, knowing that you are an energy that is inside of a container that belongs to this planet. That's why in the old days, we bury the bodies in the earth because yeah. the earth is the physical body because it's the chain. And to return back to that point of view is not to wait for the physical body to get eaten by the earth now this age. No, it's to help the earth in whatever way we can and every little act of energy every little act you know of willpower that we say cannot be done we do just a little bit a day it begins helping in the big picture it really does and you're right you know no animal you know uh, a monkey or a jaguar or a cat or a dog they're not waiting for us to recognize their qualities they already know their qualities, but actually on a personal level, when we really look and realize, you know, even animals that we might, some of us might be scared of, um, you know, different people have got phobias of different things. But when you actually look at how magnificent what a spider can achieve or, or a snake and the property of a snake or a crocodile or a shark, whatever it might be for you. Um, you know, it's quite incredible when you realise every individual of every species has got such special gifts and such special place on this planet. Yes, and, and to be aware, you know, that the animals are also scared of us. And quite rightly <laughs> so. I mean, they can read our energy so well, can't yeah. they? And one of the things you mentioned earlier, Jose, about the intuition, and there's so much talk at the moment about us learning to tune back into our intuition, because for a lot of people, um, where we've been subject to the programming of television and social media and, and, and everything else, we've sort of lost that ability. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So what are some of the ways that it's really helped you and that people can start really tapping into that again? Because you're right, you know, if, you've, if you're in tune with your intuition, then you're pretty okay in life. Yes, and, and, and what helped me is to have an encounter with my animal. I look into the mirror, and especially when I got my eyesight back, mm. it's where my real total training really begins. And I look into the mirror, looking at myself, and I said, you have always been loyal to me, my friend. Now it's my time for me to be loyal to you and unlearn how I hurt you, how I abuse you. Mm. It's time to be one with 
my nature part, my animal. That is the power that we all have. And something inside of me changed when I begin doing this. I begin little by little on learning the domestication that I had. And in my culture, we're big meat eaters, animal eaters, and, uh, and Mexican food is delicious. But then I begin noticing this doesn't suit me anymore. Mm. I cannot put this in my mouth because if I put this in my mouth, it's like eating my own puppy. Yeah. That, then in that moment, something energetically begin changing inside of me. I begin having respect more for life. And spiritually, my energy begin growing more because it became more sensitive that I begin having interaction with different animals. It's like if they knew. Yeah. Like if they knew I wasn't a threat. And it's something magical that when I felt that, I said, oh my God, I am not a threat to myself any longer. I am not a threat to myself any longer. And this is the thing that animals don't do, mm. hurt themselves. Like a scorpion doesn't sting itself with its own stinger, but we do with our own mind. And oh, after so that. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I often think what the world would be like if we didn't have mirrors. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you imagine, I mean, it's quite easy to sit here in a conversation and laugh about it. But if you think about how much trauma people have, but due to their perception of their personal appearance or due to what other people say about it. I mean, my dog sitting down here, there, they wouldn't even enter their head that they're not the most beautiful dogs in the world <laughs> or that one might be. And and it's amazing, isn't it? It's really fascinating when we look at our humans and what we do do to ourselves and how we've got to that state, I suppose, do you think it's when we recognize it as that's the stage when we're ready to do something and take different behaviors? Yes, it totally. It's like when the domesticated puppy saw that the one who was domesticating was giving them a cookie if they were a good puppy. And if they were a bad puppy, they didn't get cookie. And that woman said, you know, that cookie is not real. I don't want that cookie anymore. I want my power. And many people, when they compare themselves with other people, the cookie is the other people saying, you have to look like this to be beautiful. You have to look like this that is beautiful. And they want to be like that so much, but they're not honoring what their true beauty it is. And it's just themselves. It's like the, the bird uh, singing outside a building. And inside the building, there's a group of people just gathering together. There are, everybody's about to sing, but they're nervous. And then this song is just singing so beautifully. And then in, inside the building, people are afraid. And, and I said, could you imagine that that bird judge itself, that I'm singing in the wrong tune, that I'm not singing in the right key, if they even like me in that building, if they're hearing me? No, the bird doesn't care, it just sings. It's in perfect tune because it does what it does. And in that moment, the ones who hold self-judgment and opinion that they don't sing beautifully, they believe it, but it's a lie. And yeah. this is how the whole world is living. And some of the great guitar players, like you know, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, they never read music. Yes. They never read the world music. Amazing, absolutely amazing, because they're just so in the flow state. It's just absolutely wonderful to see. Yeah. Imagine somebody comes to them and saying, like a musician that plays all the instruments and all the notes and writes, you will never be a good musician. Yeah. If they believed it, we will never have all we need is love or can get more satisfaction. <laughs> I know, I know. Can you absolutely imagine it? I mean, I, it's... When you when you sit back and look at some of these things, you know, it does, it makes such sense. It's amazing how we overcomplicate things. Do you think um, that when people literally spend more time, like there's a big resurgence because of world events at the moment, loads of people are looking at growing their own food again and things like that. And I think it's, it's so, so positive because things like that are really connecting you back to nature and you notice everything. You notice all the earthworms in the soil, the bugs everywhere. I mean, we've got so many grasshoppers and butterflies here. It's amazing. Um, do you think sometimes that this state of chaos that we're in at the moment is actually a positive way to force us back to these, these more healthy ways of living? 
Yes, and uh, the most powerful thing is that humanity is getting aware of what didn't work and letting it go. And that's one thing that humans with personal importance, they do not never want to admit when things didn't work and let it go, just let it go. Don't give it energy. So many people are finding new ways of life that works for them, that work for generations. Like the ancestors, they catch the rain, they they have beautiful, you know, water running across their villages, you know, always cleans, you know. Yeah. And that was like a thousand years ago. Now with this technology, it's because people want to own the rainwater. They want to possess one another. And that's the thing, they want to possess because something has possession in their head. And that's the parasite mind, the tree of knowledge mm. instead of the tree of life. Absolutely true. I mean, there's not a single animal in nature that has got a house name outside their burrow. Nest, <laughs> you know, and and it, it is so obvious when we talk about it. I mean, one of the most special moments of my life was I got the opportunity to go out to Zambia to work at one of the elephant orphanages because I do holistic therapies with animals and the people there. It was so beautiful because when a young couple got together the village elder just gave them a plot of land and said, there you go, we'll help you build your heart, heart there. Oh. And it was just so beautiful. You just think, you know, our fences and our walls and our boundaries because we don't feel safe ourselves. So, yeah, I do think that next time you walk past a fox set or something, look, there's no house name there. There's a reason for that. Um, mm -hmm. well, I, I just want to, I'm very conscious of your time, I would encourage, I'm going to put the link below to this book and all your other wonderful books, but this book will help absolutely everyone because when you're feeling a little bit lost and you want some guidance, I promise you there's no better guidance to get than from the animals. And you you do it in such a beautiful way, Don Jose, where you give some suggestions, but you leave it open and say there is no right or wrong way. And that's one of the most beautiful messages, I think, from your tradition is that there is no one answer you know you have to do it your way but you have I can't leave you let you leave without you telling us about your new book so you've got the shaman's path to freedom now when is that book going to be available for us that releases officially October 3rd and it's a it's, it's coming soon and it's very beautiful for my heart because I share some of my personal stories but it's about giving people the opportunity to give themselves freedom, freedom to love, freedom to express themselves, freedom to, you know, enjoy the their life as a masterpiece of art before they pass away, but to really enjoy and say thank you. Because when we begin um, having a path in our life and we're aware that we're walking a path, we can know the direction we want to go from the heart and not the mind, because we know that there's no time to waste. So we know that time is the most precious thing in life that no money, no the richest person can buy time, but to be wise enough to spend it. And when we begin walking a path that inspires us, that gives us personal freedom to enjoy, to love, you know, we always will be in that moment of inspiration, of creation, instead of that moment of depression and destruction in our own personal life. In that moment, we become aware, instead of being the back bacteria in the world, we become the good bacteria helping the world and when you're helping the world you're helping yourself and this is one thing that i always say to people in in the path of transformation in the path of shaman it may seem like you're helping people but helping those people is helping yourself through the mirror because all that love that energy is coming back to you and now you're putting your attention cultivating like the bees do the honey you're cultivating a dream and that dream becomes your presence and your presence is connecting with all the energy that's in the same vibration because it's so beautiful when you see each other, when you see one another, when you see yourself in life and there's no words but a smile. Absolutely beautiful. I really can't wait to that. I really hope that we can encourage you to come back and join us once that book's out and everyone's reading it. Thank you so, so much, not just for your time today, but also for sharing so beautifully your journey that you've been on so far. 
Um, I will be putting all your links below. Please do follow John Jose on Instagram. You share some beautiful stuff there. Um, and thank you so much. Big hug to your little dog as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.